morning once again to Friendship Church. We are in week three of our series, 10 for Life. We are learning the Bible together. How many of you love learning the Bible together? Reading the Bible, memorizing scripture together. Uh, and so what we've been saying is that if they came and take, took our Bibles away, we had enough time to learn 10 Bible verses to keep us on the straight and narrow of our walk with Jesus Christ, what would those 10 verses be looking at over the whole uh, Bible? And so we have already learned two verses, and this is week number three. Um, I love a church that is learning the Word of God together. And so in week one, we sought first the kingdom of God and, all, and His righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. And then uh, last week, uh, it was our connection to the Lord, Right? Let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you or acceptable to you, O God, because he is our rock and he is our redeemer. Amen? He is our rock and our redeemer. And so we have to stay that connection in prayer. Church, we have to stay with our connection in prayer. We have to, okay? That connection with prayer is so important. And then today, we are looking at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. How many of you memorized your scripture? Come on now. Am I, am I going to be the one that, I know it was a little longer today, okay? It was a little longer this week, but I think that we can do it. This is such an important scripture for us. So we're going to try to say uh, the scripture together. We're going to try to say the scripture together without putting the words on the screen. <laughs> okay? You think we can do this? All right, here we go. Let's, let, let, let's, let's give it a go here. I have been crucified with Christ It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2 dot dot 20. (laughs) All right, give yourselves a big hand. Good job. Absolutely, that's what we learned. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I, as we sung earlier today. It is Christ in me. Those of you who uh, have given your heart to the Lord, Christ lives inside of you. And so that's what we're going to talk about uh, here today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians chapter 2. That's where we're going to be camped out. Of course, we have the verse um, on the screen as well for you. But you can turn to Galatians chapter 2. We're going to talk a little theology today. Is that all right? Just a little theology, okay? We're going to go past the surface level. We're going to go a little deeper here today. So I think you can do it. I think you can handle this, okay? Uh, Theology is is the study of God. We're going to learn a little bit here. We're going to talk some theology, and it's going to be good. Let me give you, kind of set up what we're talking about, why Paul brought this up. Uh, Paul is agitated, (laughs) okay? So he writes this book, Galatians, okay? Because what, what happened, what was happening was, um, the church was starting, okay, and Paul and Peter, all the apostles were kind of, okay, we're going to tell everybody about Jesus. Well, Peter and, uh, and most of the other apostles, for the most part, stayed with the Jewish people to tell them uh, that, that our faith is in Jesus Christ, okay? So they reached the Jewish people. Paul and some of the other apostles, for the most part, went out to reach the Gentile people, those people who were not Jewish people, okay? So you had Peter with the Jews, you had Paul with the Gentiles. But what was kind of starting to happen was there were two churches being formed, and Paul was like, we need to be one church here together, okay? We need to be one church. We're not two different churches. We're one church. 
And so uh, Peter came to visit um, Paul to see what was going on. Peter had, a, had an amazing adventure with Cornelius. So he had met uh, different Gentiles. They had been filled with the Holy Spirit, all of these things. And so he knew that it was real. So Peter shows up to check on the Gentiles and to check on Paul, see what's going on. And what was difficult for, for Jewish people was simple things like eating with Gentiles. Uh, in that time, there was a certain uh, um, washing of the hands ritual that the Jewish people had to do. Uh, it was a sanctification thing. It was a purification thing. It, it made them clean before they ate. Well, the Gentiles didn't do that. So because the Gentiles didn't do that, the Jewish people looked at Gentile people as unclean. Obviously, that's not a good thing, okay? When one group of people looks at another group of people and calls them unclean, that's not so good, okay? That's not like a new thing happening today. Uh, that has happened before. And so uh, Peter comes as a Jew, and he's coming to hang out with the Gentiles, and he eats with them like nothing's going on, which is great. That's what we're supposed to do. We're one church. Let's do this together. Well, while Peter is eating with the Gentiles, some other Jewish people come. They want to check on the Gentile converts as well, and they see that Peter is eating with the Gentiles, and Peter starts backing up a little bit from the Gentiles. Backs up from the Gentiles and eats with the Jewish people, goes through the ritual, and does the whole thing. Paul goes ballistic on Peter, okay? Like in front of God and everybody, okay? Has anybody ever reamed you out in front of everybody? It's no fun, is it, okay? But Paul goes ballistic. Peter, what are you doing, okay? What are you doing? You, you're, you're making it so difficult on the Gentiles. We're, we're away from, it's not the law anymore, all this stuff. In fact, he had, Paul, he had pulled Barnabas away, and Barnabas was starting to do this over here. And so Paul was like, we have got to get this together. We are one church. We are not two churches. And so that's the backdrop of this. And so Galatians, uh, all the book of Galatians really talks about the law and how we're free from that, and, and we go over here and we do this. So if you want to learn more about that, Galatians is the book to read. Um, and so there's this, this key verse is our verse today, Galatians 2, chapter 20, that we're going to get to. So Galatians 2, 15, so we'll back up a couple of verses. He's just reamed out Peter in front of everybody, okay? And so he's kind of agitated at Peter, and he's agitated at the Galatians. He's like, for the first two chapters, why have you done this? You know, you're, you're, you're making it hard for the Gentiles. And so he's trying to bring everybody together. And so he says in verse 15, We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Okay, so I'm going to... Uh, give definitions of these terms here in just a minute, okay? We know exactly what we're talking about. But there's a lot in these couple of verses right here, okay? So Paul says, we're not, uh, we were Jews by birth, but we know that that isn't what saves us, okay? So being born in a Christian home does not make you a Christian. You guys know that? In fact, that's, how, that's actually how I came to the Lord. My dad was a pastor, and I loved going to church, and I loved the worship songs. I loved the hymns. I loved the 80s choruses. Remember those things? Um, I, I loved it all. Like, I, I just, I loved praying. I loved working in kids' church. I loved doing sidewalks. I, I loved doing all the stuff. But I went to church camp, youth camp, 
And um, the, the, the preacher said, just because you're a, your parents are a Christian does not mean that you are a Christian. And somehow it just hit me that I loved church. I didn't love Jesus. It just hit me. And all the moment I thought, okay, I'm going to live for Christ, not for church. And it changed right there, July 5th, 1995. And from that point forward, I'm living for Christ, not for church. And so that's what Paul's saying here. It's like, listen, we're sons of Abraham, okay? Like, we know who God is, but just because we're sons of Abraham, that doesn't mean that now we are Christ followers going to heaven. That's, that's not what that means. Now, that may be other religions. If you were born into Islam and you're a Muslim and our family are Muslim, okay, well, then you're a Muslim because you do the things. Those are works-based religions. Christianity is not one of those. Okay, so now you're like, okay, workspace. What are we talking about here? I want to be very clear whenever we say good works. Some of you have heard that phrase before in the Bible, like good works, and you're like, you're trying to figure out, okay, good works. What, what is that? So when we say good works, when we say good deeds, or when I say uh, my goodness or my own righteousness, or even talking about the law, okay, all those things are kind of the same thing. So when we say, when I say this for the rest of the sermon and for the rest of eternity when I preach, okay, all these things, good works, good deeds, goodness, we're going to define this so that we know exactly what we're talking about, okay? These are good things that we do to or for God, other people, and ourselves, okay? Good things. But it's also saying no to bad things, which is sin, uh, sin to God, sin to others, and sin to ourselves. okay? So it's good things that we do and that we want to do and that we should do, but it's also saying no to sin and bad things, okay? So let me give you uh, a couple of examples of this. Going to church, that's a good thing. That is a good work. That is a good deed that was in the law. You need to go to church, okay? So going to church is a good thing, a good deed, a good work, something that Christians do. Honoring your father and mother, that is a work. That is a good work. That is a good deed. Saying no to getting drunk. Okay? That, don't do that. <laughs> or Wait, yes. Say no to getting drunk. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean. All right, all right. That is a good deed. That is a good work. Saying no to the sin of drunkenness, okay? Kindness to others. Do that. That's a good thing. Kindness to enemies, the Bible even says, okay? Reading your Bible, that's a good thing. That's a good work, okay? Keeping a good attitude, and especially when other people are not keeping a good attitude. Not lying, that's a great thing. Don't lie, okay? Serving in ministry, it is a good thing to sing on the worship team or to work in the children's church or usher, or greeter, or whatever you do. Serve in ministry, that is a work, okay? Giving God thanks, is a good thing. Living in peace, praying, that's a good work to do. Giving tithes and offerings, that's a good deed, that's a good work. Witnessing to other people, being joyful in all circumstances, not being jealous of other people's blessings, fulfilling commitments, let your yes be yes and your no be no, right? Sacrificing wants for needs, that's a good deed. Loving your neighbor, and on and on and on. All these things that sound Christian, that Christians do, those good deeds, those good things, okay? So, does God want you to do those good deeds and those good works? Yes. 
Does this show other people that we are Christian? Yes. Do you receive your salvation because you did those things? No. You see the difference there? Okay. You're not saved because you did one of these things. Okay. You're... we want to look at those things, and we're like, but I do this, and I do this, so therefore I'm saved. These things do not save you. God wants you to do those things after salvation, okay? So we know this, but we many times don't live like this. We'll say, well, of course I'm a Christian. I go to church. Have you ever said that before or thought that before? Of course I'm a Christian. I go to church. Of course I'm a Christian. I don't drink or cuss or chew or hang with girls who do, right? That's, that's what we used to say. That's all right? Of course I'm a Christian. I don't do those things. I don't do that. Well, of course I'm a Christian. I've headed up this ministry for 20 years. Okay? Those are works to do, but they don't save you. Okay? Those things don't save you. Those don't make any sense. That would be like saying, well, of course I'm married. I do the dishes. <laughs> of course I'm married. We live in the same house. Of course I'm married. We sleep in the same bed. Does that make you married? Those things do not make you married. When you get married, you do those things. Do you see the difference? Okay? So those things in and of themselves do not make you married. And so doing these good works in and of themselves do not make you saved. Okay? When you're married, you do those things. When you give your heart to the Lord and you live by faith, as our verse says, we live by faith that God's blood is enough for our salvation, not these other things. It's not Christ's blood plus all the stuff I do. It's just Christ's blood. And once I receive that, then with a grateful and joyful heart, we do these things. That make sense? Verse 17. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. In Christ then a servant of is Christ then the servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live. To God. So the Jewish people over here are struggling with this whole, but you got to do the law thing, right? Like I get Jesus, but you got to keep the law, right? Paul's like, no, 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 no. You live by faith, okay? It's not the law. You live by faith. And then what we find out is the Gentiles over here, we're finding out that they're sinners. That keeping the law is, does your goodness Keeping the law does not make you saved, okay? We find out that just because I do more good things than bad things, the good things don't cover up the bad things. And we try to live that way sometimes, okay? Like we do something bad, and then we think, well, i got to do, do two good things to make up for it or something, okay? No, we find that us in and of ourselves, we are sinners. We are sinners, and whatever we do is not good enough to make ourselves saved. To say it's only the belief in God and in the law doesn't matter is foolish. This leaves the door open for people to become believers and then live however they want to live. Sometimes we call this once saved, always saved. If you just say a prayer, just say one prayer and you're good. Okay? Jesus come into my heart, 
sorry for sins, love you, okay, great, I'm going to go out and live in sin and do whatever I want to. No, now that you're sin, or, or now that you're saved, you now have these good works that you want to do. You say no to sin, you say yes to the things that God wants you to do. We say things like, well, it's okay, everyone sins, everyone sins, well, okay, everyone sinned, everyone has sinned, that doesn't mean you plan for it. What sin are you going to commit today? Anybody? Like, you don't plan for it. That's not what you do, okay? Your standard is not everyone, everyone sins. Your standard is not everyone. Your standard is Christ. And Christ lived a sinless life. And so that's who we're striving for, not to be better than everybody else. They're not your standard. Christ is. And you know what? Christ lives in you. So it is possible not to sin once Christ has lived inside of you. When God truly gets a hold of your life, you are not the same. You are not the same at all. Paul had to die to the law so that he could live for God. He had to kill that idea in him that he could be good enough if he tried real hard. Once he wiped that out of his mind, then he was able to live for God joyfully. He went to church and read his Bible, not to be good, but because he loved Christ. He, gave, he, he forgave his neighbors, and he was kind to everyone, not because he was trying to be good, but because he loved Christ, and these were God's children. He gave to the poor, sang songs of praise, prayed for others, listened to godly authority, turned away from porn, loved their wife like Christ loved the church, loved their husband, and chose to be less selfish, not because those were good things, but because they loved Jesus Christ. And they walked in the faith of Jesus Christ. Listen, only you look at yourself in the, in the mirror every morning and you know if you like what you see or if you don't. When you lay your head down at night, it's just you and God and your thoughts. And maybe you don't like the person that you have become. It's not that you started off in this way. You didn't start off like this. But now you see yourself and, and you see that you're not what you wanted to be. You're not doing what you wanted to, to do. Christ comes into our life and changes you. You're a different person now. That, that, that's why we say we, we are crucified with Christ. What does that even mean? Our old self dies on that cross, and now we're a different person because Christ lives inside of us. Ephesians 2, for by grace, this almost made the 10, by the way, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. Remember all those things I listed? It's not a result of works so that no one can boast. See, if, if we could gain our entrance into heaven or righteousness through the works, then we can boast about how great we are. But Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 1. He says, I don't boast in myself. I boast in the Lord because it's God who did this for me. It's Christ who did this. I didn't do this. It's Christ who did this. In fact, the next, the next verse, I, I didn't add it here, but the next verse uh, says that we are God's uh, handiwork created to do good works. So we're created to do good works, but it's after the faith stuff, after the saved, after the grace, after that stuff. Now we're created to do good works. So are you really doing good works if you are not in Christ? And so we have our faith in Jesus Christ, then we're able to do those good works, not doing good works to get saved. 
Then we hit our verse, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Church, if we could get this. Mm. But Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. That means you have to keep living in the flesh. I mean, you have to live in this body. You have to go to school. You have to go to work. And not everything is ideal, okay? But this life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's that sanctification and that, ju- and, that, and that justification. You are not sanctified or justified by your good works, but through Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's make sure we know what these terms mean as well. So imagine that you're in the courtroom and God is the judge and you were trying to convince God that you were able to go to heaven. And so you've got the devil over here and he's the prosecuting attorney. And anything that you say, the good things that you did, he's got an answer for God, don't you remember when I told the truth when I could have lied? And then the devil says, yeah, but don't you remember when you lied, when you could have told the truth? Don't you remember when I had a great attitude, when I could have had a bad attitude? Yeah, but don't you remember when you had a bad attitude, when you could have had a great attitude? It's like everything you say, he's got an answer for it. And as the mountain of evidence starts to pile on top of you, you realize, I am not good enough to go to heaven. I am not being convincing to God as judge. And then Jesus walks in. Jesus walks in the courtroom. says, what I did for you on the cross, the blood that I shed covers up every one of those sins. If you would just accept me, live by faith. And we say, well, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I can't make it. I can't get to God the Father. Absolutely. I walk by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, the devil goes on the offense Hey, don't you remember when you lusted after that woman? Covered by the blood. Now Jesus is the one that has all the answers. Don't you remember when you did this? Covered by the blood. Don't you remember when he did that? Covered by the blood. What Jesus did for you is is called he sanctified you. He purified you. He made you clean on the cross. Okay? So that's he sanctified you. He made you pure. He made you clean. You didn't do it. You're not good enough to do it. You can't sanctify yourself. So he sanctified you on the cross. Now, there's that time where after the evidence has come in that you still have not been proclaimed not guilty, right? There's just the evidence that's there. But you haven't been, you've been shown not guilty, but you've not been declared not guilty. So then God looks at Christ in you, throws down the gavel and says, not guilty, He declares you right before the Lord. That is justification. Okay? That is justifying. So Christ sanctifies you on the cross, and then God justifies you. You are now in right standing before God. Enter your eternal reward. That is good news for us. All are made right with God, not by doing what the law commands, but by faith in Jesus Christ. This is the doctrine of justification. God justifies people despite their guilt, pardons them, and then makes them children and heirs. He does a lot for us, and there's nothing that we do. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live. That former Paul, who used to be named Saul, who was self-centered, Jewish Pharisee, law-abiding, but violent against God's people, no longer lives. But it's Christ 
who lives in me. Then uh, I am allowed to do things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. These fruits of the Spirit that's later in the book of Galatians. All those things I'm able to do because of Christ in me. But not just those things, other things as well. Grace, generosity, empathy, forgiveness, and justice. You are a different person than what you were before. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. Do you remember your old life? It's gone. A new life has begun. He hasn't found the good in you that was always there. That's not it. You're, you were crummy. You are now a new person. David said, create in me a pure heart. Take this heart away. That's disgusting. I want a new heart. That's what 2 Corinthians says. Galatians 5, those who belong to Christ, uh, Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Do we realize that? Because we've nailed the passion to the cross, we don't have to do those things anymore. In fact, we're living by the Spirit, and He leads us in every part of our life. Romans 8.5 was one of the ten for a while. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So if you are still caught in this web of sin where you continually are doing these things, because your mind is set on the flesh, your mind is set on selfish things, what you want to do. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to be kind to my enemies. I don't want to do this. And so you do these good works that we talk about. You're doing the other stuff. But when we are led by the Spirit, the Spirit shows us the right way to live. And Christ who lives with us says, let's go this way. Let's go the right way. Let's do this. When people choose to put their faith of their salvation in Christ in not in their flesh, this is living by the Spirit. Okay? Now, this is not automatic. This is not this automatic thing where now I'm like super Christian and I never do anything wrong. We prune off the old habits and we plant new ones. Okay? You don't just wake up every morning and hope you don't sin. Well, oh boy, I, I hope I don't sin today. No, you do the things that autocorrect so that you don't do that. That's why many times people pray in the morning. They want to set their day up. I'm walking with you, Lord. I'm walking with you today. It's okay to do it at night. That's fine too. But we're setting up things like we go to church and we read our Bible, these good things that set up these markers that keep us on the straight and narrow. We don't wake up and say, boy, I hope I make it. I hope I do all right today. I haven't really studied for the test, but I hope I do good. No, study for the test. Study for the test. My old life, goals, plans, way of thinking, even relationships were nailed to the cross. Listen to me. Sin does not have power over me. Sin does not have power over you. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. My flesh sometimes desires revenge, pleasure, pride, gluttony, praise from men, laziness, drunkenness, or jealousy. But I choose to turn from those things by the power of Jesus Christ who lives in me. Who lives in me. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We have put on Christ. 
We're a different person now. We don't look the way that we did before. We put on Christ. Romans 13, 12. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off works of darkness and put on armor of light. We put on the armor of light. We cast away darkness. We put on the armor of light. Colossians 3. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and that you have put on the new self. You see what I'm saying? Which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Every day you can put on Christ. And you can walk with confidence that the Spirit is leading you. And you can say no to sin. And you can say yes to doing the good works that God has created you to do. Knowing that that doesn't save you, but because Christ has saved you and living inside of you, you can now do all these good things. Serve in ministry, witness to other people, all these things. Because Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you, church. Do you understand the power of that? Our last verse in Galatians 2, verse 21. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no reason. Man, this pile drives the point home. If you could be saved by the law and your good works, then why in the world did Jesus die? There was no reason for it. No reason for it whatsoever. But if we can't get there because of our good deeds, then Christ absolutely died for something. He died so that we can have new life in Christ and eternity with him in heaven one day. Church, we have got to get this. We've got to get this. There's no middle ground. It makes no sense to have faith in Christ and then try to work for it. You can't do that. You don't have faith in Christ. It's not my faith in Christ and the fact that I tithe and the fact that I do this or whatever it is. It's faith in Jesus Christ, and then that propels you to do good works. Oh, man. Oh, man. If we understand this, and this is why this is one of the ten, because it, it changes our life. It changes our perspective. It changes the way that we think because Christ lives inside of us. It's not, woe is me, this sinful nature. I have to sin at some point today or this week. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. Can we stand this morning? We're going to go into a time of prayer. And I I told you at the beginning of this sermon series, get ready to pray because we're going to pray. I mean, these are verses that keep us alive in Christ. Okay? And you want to see things that happen like at Asbury University? It's it's repentance and prayer. That's how that sort, sort of stuff happens. It's repentance and prayer. So I'm going to ask us to find a place to pray. And there are some of us that we have a tendency maybe to one or the other. We have a tendency to kind of live this Jewish lifestyle of, yeah, but I got to do the things. I got to do the, you know, to, you know I got to stay saved. And this kind of helps me get saved. And so I got to do this stuff. We got to pray against that. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. And then there's some of us that have this, this idea that, yeah, Christ, I, I get it. But there's a few things I want to do on my own. That's sin, and that keeps us away from our relationship with God, and we can't do it. We have died to those things. It's not just we don't do them. We've died to them. We don't have to do those things anymore. And so some of us have kind of a leaning to one or the other. Sometimes we do both. But some of us have a leaning to one or the other. And can we pray today as a church that that God rips those tendencies out of us? Rip those tendencies out of us in the name of Jesus. 
It is through Christ. It is through Christ, not my good works. And I don't have to sin, but it is through Christ. So can we find a place to pray, everyone? Ready? Go. Find a place to pray. Some of you may need to come to an altar and lay those, that sin down. Lay that idea or that thought process of, but I got to do this to stay safe. I got to do this to stay safe. It is through Christ alone. And it, it is so freeing and so joyful to live a life with faith in Jesus Christ that I don't have to keep making up for my mistakes all the time. That is so freeing, church. I don't have to keep making up for my mistakes. I live for Jesus Christ because he lives inside of me. Church, can we come humbly, humbly to the altar, to our, to our prayer time, with repentance and prayer in our hearts. God, touch us today, Lord. Touch us this morning. Help us, Lord, to turn from sin and to turn from leaning on good works. But help us to nail that to the cross. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And God, you gave yourself for me. Church, let's pray. Just thank you, Jesus. You're here today. You're here today, you're watching online. And you want to give your heart to the Lord. You want to become a Christian. You want to become a Christ follower. This is what you do right, right where you're seated, right where you're standing. You can do this from where you're watching online. That's the, that is the beauty of our God who is everywhere. You don't, you don't have to wait until Sunday to come to a church. You can do it right now. We believe that the presence of the Lord is sitting with you right now. <clears throat> You humbly come to your creator God and you say, I'm a sinner. Maybe you want to, to yourself, just so that it, we know what we're talking about, say to yourself what some of those sins are. God, I'm, I'm selfish. <clears throat> God, I'm, I'm mean to others. God, I'm whatever it may be. Tell the Lord that. He is a loving Father. He is a loving Father. Do you say, God, I am a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. And He will do it. You say, God, help me to live a life that praises and glorifies you. Not myself and not my desires. Help me to have faith in you. And maybe you don't even know what that word means or what that even looks like going forward tomorrow, but you know that this is right. That your God loves you. So we repent of our sins and we turn to a loving God. In Jesus' name, amen. Repentance is that turning away from going down a certain direction and going a completely different direction, which makes sense if God just made you a completely different person. 
You're not that old person anymore. You're not, you're not who you once were. Christ now lives in you. God has a beginning. He has a purpose for you. And he has an eternity for you as well. Waiting for you. And we thank you, God. God, thank you once again for your presence here today. Help us, God, to not live by the flesh, but to live by the Spirit. And that is possible because Christ lives inside of us. You are not a far-off God hoping that we kind of figure it out for ourselves. No, you live inside of us. Help us, help us to walk with you every day of our life. Help us to know that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You loved me, and you gave yourself for me. And everyone listening here today can say those words. You loved me, and you gave yourself for me. And we thank you, God. Some of us are walking out of this room turning off our computer, a different person. We're a different person. And now Christ lives inside of us. And God, I say thank you. God, I say thank you. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all praise. God, we love you. Help us, help us as we walk out to live for you, to live for you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day in the presence of the Lord this morning. Amen. Give him a hand.